Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is Kurt Flewelling. Let us start with, um, how about this? Before I jump into uh, an article that says, um, amid media pessimism, it's okay to hope for the best in the coronavirus scare. Before we even start with that, which is where I'm starting, is uh, I'm going to read some scripture because these are some pretty crazy times. There are some times that we need to reflect. We need to be calm. We need to trust in the Lord. So this is Acts 2, 25 through 28. It says, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Love that verse. It does include the word hope. And uh, that is something that um, we're going to explore a little bit here, because as I said, this article starts to delve a little deeper into just, again, the ravages of Donald Trump on a daily basis. Uh, The man can do no right with the COVID-19 situation. But um, this article says there is nothing worse than being around a negative person. Unfortunately for us, what's uh, nearly the entire White House press corps is made up of. That's why they have uh, come to view it as a sign of dangerous incompetence to use the word hope as it relates to the coronavirus. And I believe that that is true. goes on to say, President Trump has said on several occasions in recent weeks that he hopes a certain drug, chloroquine, which has been effective against malaria, may prove useful also in treating coronavirus infections. At the uh, Daily Press briefing on Tuesday, he said it would be a total game changer if the drug could be used as a treatment. We'll see what happens, he said, but there is a theory out there that for the medical worker or the doctor, it may work. Um, So the media seems to have a problem with optimism, hope, There's an L.A. Times columnist accused Trump of having offered publicly a false hope. Um, The writer of this article says, what the heck is unproven hope or false hope? The word hope in and of itself includes an element of the unproven. But hope also includes optimism that something good might happen. There's nothing wrong with that. And I agree. And the... uh, I'll read a little bit more from the article here. It says, um, To give a false sense of hope is to tell someone that a desirable outcome is possible when you know yourself that that is not or that is an extremely unlikely occurrence. Right now, nobody knows for sure either way, and so any sense of hope can't possibly be false. And... That is true. Uh, the, these Many of these political pundits are saying that, and, and as we chronicled on a show uh, last week and the preceding week, a lot of people are just not 
covering Donald Trump's press conferences anymore because his poll numbers go up afterwards. Uh, he states the fact, facts, I should say. He he seriously lays out what needs to be done, but he does give hope um, and he says hopeful things. And many of these uh, pundits are saying that he is giving Americans a false sense of hope. Um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the White House uh, Coronavirus Task Force official and director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, has himself, the article says, um, said he would prescribe chloroquine as a treatment, if for no other reason than to give what that word again, hope. So, again, this is in the category that Donald Trump seems to fall into with just about everything. The man can do no right uh, when he laid out travel restrictions. He was a racist. He was a xenophobe. And then we, and we will get to these guys later in the show, the World Health Organization um, praised China uh, very recently as, as being uh, the, the leaders in the world as far as um, how they are dealing with the coronavirus. And we can unpack that. But you know, Donald Trump saved many, many lives, love him or hate him, by him uh, exp- uh, banning uh, travel from China and then subsequently other places. And if he had not done that, there's really no telling how horrible this coronavirus um, would be. So it's um, hope is something that we need right now. And we will get to many of these things uh, as the show unfurls. But who you listen to during these times is really critical. Um, Left, right, Fox News, CNN, one doctor, another doctor. And I'll lay out a few doctors that I have listened to that I think are very sound because they lay out the facts of the coronavirus and its transmission pretty in a pretty sober way, but they also dispel a lot of the rumor, innuendo, falsehoods, falsehoods that are forwarded by ignorance, and the 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 shame of it all, falsehoods that are forwarded with people that have agendas. And as horrible as this whole situation is for most of us, I can't imagine exploiting it for political gain, for monetary gain, uh, for power, for restructure within the world order. Uh, China, make no mistake about it, uh, is always in a quest for world dominance, uh, number one prominence in the world. Um, They would love to topple the United States of America in the eyes of many as as the preeminent world leader, if you will. So they are engaged in a a colossal disinformation campaign that had started months ago. And, And now the irony is that because of their regime and how their regime operates, and how this coronavirus spread wildly because of their ineptitude and their lying and and just liberty squelching ways. The irony is they've wrapped back around and the World Health Organization 
is actually forwarding the narrative that China is on the forefront of um, getting a handle on this, and we could all learn from China. It's really quite breathtaking. But um, in these times when you just don't know where to turn, you can always turn to the Lord, um, and you will never go wrong. Another verse here that I like, Romans 8.15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? And when you are just tired of sitting on your back watching CNN, watching people tell you you can get this one way or another way, and then having people on another channel of renown refute everything that's said on the previous channel and then you kind of feel good about yourself and then you talk to some friends and then you start flipping out and panicking and then you read something on the internet that calms you down this electrocardiogram of a life that many people are are living this up and down roller coaster is just not what god has intended for all of us so these are very troubling times Yours truly here is very nervous on one occasion and then calm in the next. And and a lot of times it's largely because of what I hear and what I read and what I see. But God is consistent. He is the great comforter. And his word will um, suffice for all the answers you need during the coronavirus or any other challenge that you may face. So... Um, I think we have to go down a parallel road, which is we have to be uh, vigilant. We have to avail ourselves to the ish- the facts on the coronavirus so we don't do anything dumb. But on the other hand, if all we're going to do is fill our day with rumor, innuendo, and listening to people that have agendas to topple not only Donald Trump, but the Western way of life. And and there are plenty of anarchists out there that are seizing this opportunity to literally burn this whole thing down. And by this whole thing, I mean America, liberty, freedom, uh, our Western civilization. It is very, very important to keep a calm head and go down, as I said before, two parallel roads, one of prudence and caution and safety and not operate in a reckless manner but on the other hand not engage in panic and fear-mongering and the the furtherance of disinformation out there people that um market in disinformation are just they're just horrible people there's really no other way to say it um anybody that would exploit this situation for political gain or monetary gain or the gain of power or to change the way we as Americans live is a really twisted individual and um, they grieve the Holy Spirit. God is not pleased with them and what they're doing and we can only turn to him and hold on to him and his scripture and just conduct ourselves in whatever way we need to conduct ourselves. We, We have to think of regardless of of how horrible we think we have it um, 
you know, regardless of how horrible we think we have it, we have to think of people that are in situations that are far worse than our situation. Uh, just, I mean, the, 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 the mind boggles with this, the scenarios and the, um, the things that we're hearing, uh, people dying alone in ice, uh, excuse me, uh, ICUs and, um, just family members not being able to go in and comfort their, uh, you know, dying, uh, spouses or, or whatever for fear of spreading the virus. Uh, I, I heard today uh, people that are, um, you know, giving birth and nobody's around to uh, to share that joyous occasion with them. The husbands aren't um, allowed in the birthing suite. And uh, I heard a terrible story yesterday of a, a very old lady that was in a car accident and um, her son was trying to... Uh, get her to the hospital and didn't even know if that was the right thing to do because of all the craziness at the hospital. And this was up in New York. And, you know, his, his uh, 93-year-old mom was just scared and alone and confused and didn't know what was going on. And he couldn't even go in the ER and hold her hand. He had to uh, kind of drop her off and, and people in hazmat suits had to come out and take this 93-year-old woman in uh, for imaging to see if her head was okay. And he's got to sit there in the parking lot and just wait for this craziness to abate. And, you know, somebody comes out after a protracted amount of time and says his mom is okay. And, you know, that scenario thankfully turned out okay. But can you imagine being, you know, 93 years old, just involved in a car accident and, you are greeted in the ER parking lot by people in hazmat suits. How do you process that if you're, you know, 20 or 30 or 40, let alone 93 years old? And, you know, these are, there are myriads of stories such as this of people that have it far worse than most of us do. And many of us are inconvenienced. But when we think of the people that are really, really, you know, in a in a bad situation, we can uh, we can count our blessings. So um, that is that. I will go on to another article that I procured here. It says no institution has failed the public worse than the news media during the COVID nineteen pandemic and. This article, um, I'm going to read a fair amount of it because it, it's really packed with a lot of interesting things um, in it. Uh, so it says, no institution has failed the public worse during the COVID-19 pandemic than the news media. It seems impossible that this should be the case, especially considering the federal government's sluggish, incoherent, and unfocused handling of the crisis. Don't entirely agree with that statement, but we will move on. But even the federal government has managed to get some things right. The same cannot be said for our self-important fourth estate. From the very beginning, corporate media got the story wrong, publishing article after article assuring readers that the virus was not as dangerous or serious as it sounded. 
is this going to be a deadly pandemic? Vox asked on social media on January 31st. The answer was a resounding no. Later, it became clear that the pandemic that began in China was indeed a fatal, fast-moving global disaster, and the bodies started to stack up. Major news groups in the United States changed tax, abandoning earlier efforts to downplay the seriousness of the disease to champion the Beijing-approved talking point that says that it was racist and xenophobic to refer to the virus by its city or country of origin. Uh, Representative Kevin McCarthy's coronavirus tweet echoes anti-Chinese racism, and he must apologize, the Sacramento Bee's editorial board demanded on March the 10th after the House GOP leader used the term Chinese coronavirus in a tweet. Prior to its editorial, the Sacramento Bee published no fewer than five news headlines featuring the exact term Chinese coronavirus. As corporate media rushed to condemn the terms it coined, its individual members embraced a number of demagogic talking points and outright falsehoods, perpetuating junk arguments, total lies, and the not-too-subtle effort to score um, political points. The article goes on to say it gets worse since the pandemic came to the United States shores, members of the White House press corps have attended coronavirus briefings for the explicit purpose of peppering the president and his response team with insipid questions about whether it is racist to use terms such as Wuhan virus and Kung flu. Let me stop right there. Um, Wuhan virus is what it is. Kung flu is extraordinarily uh, racist and inappropriate. And if anybody used that or is using that, that's not right. But I will say this about the Wuhan virus. Um, I think in these times, pointing out things that are wrong or misreported or data that's just incorrect for political purposes needs to be um, corrected. And I think it um, we have to push back on that. But when we get a little too far with this accentuating the word Wuhan, when we say Wuhan virus or the communist Chinese virus or whatever, I think it's kind of starting to get in the category of when folks years ago used to say Barack Hussein Obama. And when you said, why do you got to do that? They would say, it's his name, isn't it? Yeah, it's his name. But why do you have to do that? Why do you have to say his middle name? Why do you have to accentuate his middle name? And you're doing it for one reason, one reason only. To anger people that are Barack Obama fans and to gin up people that um, don't need to be ginned up. Let's just be kind, okay? There's no reason to say Barack Hussein Obama. There's no reason to say Wuhan virus, accentuating the word Wuhan. Um, if people by now know or don't know that it um, started in China and was bungled by the Chinese communist government, Using the word Wuhan or, or something much more offensive, Kung flu, is not going to do anything 
to help the situation. And it, and it makes you, if you're doing those things, it makes you look worse than the people that you're trying to belittle. So, um, Article goes on to say members of the press have belittled and talked down to the healthcare experts charged with leading the White House response efforts. Reports and pundit reporters and pundits ridiculed a business owner who overhauled his facilities, so they are now focused mostly on producing cotton face masks. And I, I've seen a lot of that. Um, they call it profiteering. You know, if we have a shortage of masks and our friends on the left want President Trump, who at the time of my last show was very hesitant to flex his muscles with the Defense Production Act, and then um, subsequently right after the airing of that show, kind of used the Defense Production Act to order some industry to, to step up production or start production of ventilators or masks or whatever. I thought that's what the left wanted. But it, this is the fact that this thing is moving so fast and what I may think today, I might not think tomorrow, and, and that goes for everybody. It, it really has created a scenario where the media can't really figure this thing out. Um, the Trump bad uh, Hillary good crowd out there are clearly on one side of this on one day when it seems to be anti-Trump, but then when it seems to be helping Trump, they turn on a dime. And, you know, ridicule, you, know, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say there's a lack of, lack of uh, surgical mask or protective mask. Um, Donald Trump, uh, you and Melania sew these together in the basement now or you're evil. And then private industry steps it up and they overhaul their facilities to um, to manufacture these things and then all of a sudden they're, they're called capitalist profiteering and this and that and the other so it, it's really you cannot win during these times um, they ridiculed this business owner and now focus mostly on producing cotton NBC News has even suggested that the president is responsible for an Arizona couple who drank fish tank cleaner, thinking it would protect them from the virus. Worst of all, U.S. news groups have taken to praising despotic regimes that are hostile to the United States, including Russia and China, going so far as to parrot their propaganda. CNN, for example, published a report on March 21st comparing the U.S. unfavorably to Russia which CNN claims has its coronavirus cases mostly under control thanks to Russian President Vladimir Putin. The figures touted in the CNN report come directly from Moscow. And we can stop right there. We will, we will get into some of these figures later. But again, anything coming from Moscow, anything coming from Beijing is subject to just wild interpretation. And those entities, uh, again, Russia... You know they they don't want to take a backseat to China. If they see the 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 United States wobbly right now, um, they would love to seize political uh, advantage globally in in this uh, response to the COVID nineteen uh, crisis. So it is in the best interest of China or Russia or anybody to forward disinformation or propaganda 
to make themselves look better than perhaps um, they are in this scenario. It says elsewhere, major media have been blindly accepting Beijing's laughable assertion that it has halted the spread of the disease in Wuhan and elsewhere. How uncomfortable is it, ask MSNBC's Chuck Todd, that perhaps China's authoritarian ways did prevent this? Meaning, had China been a free and open society, this might have spread faster. So, in a very twisted way, Chuck Todd is kind of putting out there, you know, despotic authoritarian regimes you know, might not have as many warts as we think they do because, you know, the ability to crack down is certainly uh, an advantage in not spreading the virus. Now, anybody that would say that is is absolutely insane. I mean, is, is the reality of the situation true um, that in China, you know, people were locked in their um, uh, apartments from the outside by agents of the state only to die. Yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, theoretically, that's a way of stopping the virus. But it is never good to be able at the point of a gun to order people to do things. Because what happens is under the guise of public health, these things may um, start occurring. But I, I can assure you the coronavirus will not be here forever, but many of the edicts and many of the principles of these authoritarian regimes will certainly be here for long after the coronavirus. And a lot of these things, and we discuss this uh, exhaustively on this show, they're power grabs, they're test balloons, um, power, uh, Rahm Emanuel, d- never let a good crisis go to waste. Um Many of the crazy sweeping reforms we have to this day are as a result of of panic and fear and crazy situations where people overreacted. Um, And a good illustration of that is the um, just mountains of pork in that $2 trillion stimulus bill um, that was passed last week. So um, Chuck Todd says, you know, you know, perhaps it's not that bad that China's authoritarian ways did prevent that, you know, prevented the spread of this. Well, maybe there wouldn't be a spread at all if their authoritarian ways were not in place. Um, shooting doctors that were telling the world that this thing is a little bit more than the flu is certainly authoritarian and I don't think helpful. Um, jailing uh, dissidents and reporters and people that are trying to get the word that were trying to get the word out several months ago that this thing in China was um, absolutely bigger than anybody thought they were met with an authoritarian crackdown so um, very interesting stuff uh, the Chinese author- the article concludes here Chinese authorities knew about the virus in December when it first appeared in the city of Wuhan, and instead of taking measures and sharing what it knew about the disease with the international community, China's government engaged in a massive cover-up. Chinese Communist Party suppressed the sharing of relevant information 
and as I just said, arrested and punished medical professionals who tried to warn people about this. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what where Chuck Todd was going with that, um, but you know, I, I think if I'm reading his words correctly, he's saying that you know. Maybe there's a little bit of a silver lining here to have an authoritarian regime during times like this. And I do not think there is. <laughs> so um, we move on. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do, excuse me, I'm drinking a little tea here. Okay. One of the things I wanted to do during these times of... Um, disinformation that is uh, disseminated ignorantly and sadly um, disseminated purposefully um, is is give you what I consider some credible sources. The first and foremost is the Holy Bible. Um, when you are confused, when you need wisdom, when you are fearful and angst-ridden, the Holy Bible will ground you your father up in heaven will never lie to you. If you are stressed about your job, your finances, your health, the health of your children, your grandchildren, your neighbor, um, putting on CNN all day long is not going to help you. It's probably going to um, really impinge on your sleep, your health, your immune system, and you don't want to do that. Uh, but a distant second to the Bible. There are many people out there that are speaking about the coronavirus that I find to be um, credible. Uh, I find to be very helpful because, as I said before, they're going down a road of um, uh, kind of a two-pronged or a parallel road of being prudent, intelligent, um, sacrificial, um, but at the same time being measured and understanding that uh, life does go on. And these individuals that I'm going to chronicle here are individuals that um, I am taking a great degree of comfort from, and um, perhaps you should too. I'm no authority. I'm just giving these names, but uh, one of which is Joseph Winnitz. V I or Vineds, V I N E T Z, medical doctor. Um, you can find him uh, on WebMD. There was an article the other day. What coronavirus precautions do you really need? And he went into great detail in dispelling some myths, putting forward some really good information, and also being honest enough, and I don't hear a lot of this these days, being honest enough to say, you know, we really don't know what's going on in many, many areas as this thing is changing daily. This is a new virus and we're learning on the fly. Um, there are tried and true things that we do know and we do understand and, and we can impart that those um, those things to the general public, but he he's very open and humble to admit there are things that we just don't know. And I think that's refreshing. 
as opposed to people that get up and, and state bombastically that, you know, Trump is evil and we shouldn't be doing this or we shouldn't be doing that um, when they have no credibility whatsoever. So this is WebMD and um, Joseph Vinets is his name and um, Google him. I'm not going to get into, you know, all of the things in this article, but, you know, I, I did print it because I was hearing things from certain people then i was here i was hearing and seeing people that would not even open a, a fedex box or open their mail because of um fear that the coronavirus was living on their letter or on their box and they were just terrified and we can't go through life being terrified we have to be cautious we have to be prudent we have to be intelligent but we can't be terrified so that's one gentleman um, another one that was given to me by uh, a friend of mine who actually his family has been affected by the virus. And um, it was, uh, he sent me um, a link to this video. The video was COVID 19 protecting your family. And the guy that put out the video is Dr. David Price from Cornell Medical Center. And he states very clearly that, um, you know, he is simply going off uh, his experience in treating hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of COVID-19 um, patients up in New York City. And again, I thought the video was just very measured, tempered, um, not laden with any type of agenda whatsoever, wasn't slamming anybody, wasn't purporting to be um, the a, a foremost authority on the coronavirus. He just, this is simply a medical doctor who has treated several hundred patients up in the New York City area. And um, he, again, like um, the aforementioned doc, allayed a lot of fears dispelled rumors and and um you know just untruths that we're all hearing out there and i think when we listen to people like that we feel a little bit better we're we're calm um the next two people you know people can um can you know debate me on the next two people because they could very easily assert and they could be right that the next two people are uh, more in the realm of politics, which, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci, um, who is, uh, you know, the president's advisor or the, the, the key point man on the coronavirus task force, is somebody that has had a, a, a several decades pedigree of dealing with infectious disease and virology and, and all of these things. And he's a very bright guy. And... I, I guess you could argue that since he is literally Trump's advisor, that he, he could have an agenda. But I, I think you would have to admit that before he ever met Donald Trump, his um, credibility in the area of virology and the spread of disease is really quite good. And um, and he is just a, a world-renowned expert on these things and um so when when dr fauci speaks again i i hear kind of the same things that i hear from the other guys which is um 
a little bit different than I heard in the beginning of this thing. In the beginning of this thing, you know, even reasonable people were a little bit um, downplaying or poo-pooing the uh, the contagious nature of the virus and the uh, the lethal nature of the virus. And and I hear these guys. That's why I like them putting out facts and figures, but by no means they are poo-pooing how serious this is. And they're really telling, you know, they're doing a very um, difficult and good job in not panicking the public, but calling us all to vigilance. So um, Dr. Fauci, we're all familiar with. Dr. Mark Siegel is another one. And, you know, many people would probably discount him simply because, um, you know, he's on Fox a lot and people, if, if the word Fox is used, then, um, you know, it's a non-starter. They, they really don't believe anything that's uh, coming out of Fox. And that's their opinion. That's their prerogative. They can do that. But again, I, I like Dr. Mark Siegel for all the same reasons I like the other guys. So he's another one that if you ever see his YouTube videos or interviews or whatever, you would be, um, uh, you would be calmed and and heartened that here's somebody that's um telling it like it is but he isn't um invoking panic and that's what we need right now during these difficult times lastly um i will i will give some kudos to the cdc which is a government entity um don't always agree with the cdc and and um some of their uh um agendas or political spins on things, but I think the CDC is doing a very good job in a very difficult situation. And uh, for the th- uh, the things I've read on the CDC website, again, the CDC seems to be in the same category of the other people that I just mentioned where they are putting out some real common sense um, things uh, and they are not sugarcoating the... Uh, severity of this but they're also dispelling rumors and 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 putting forth a calm and a rhetoric that does not incite panic and again i think that's what we need these days so they're off the top of my head is just um just about five sources that um you know at least as far as i'm concerned seem to be um people that uh, i'd like to listen to in order to get information um one of which i don't like to listen to is um the world health organization which a lot of people put a lot of credence in um i mean for goodness sake it says world health organization i mean what more do we need to know right well you need to know quite a bit about the world health organization um this article here says World Health Organization's China bootlicking and bad science has destroyed its credibility. And it starts by saying there's very little reason to listen to the World Health Organization ever again. Pretty strong statement. Um, you know, it's a pretty lengthy article. I um, I highlighted some of it. Uh, I was never a real big fan of the World Health Organization. Uh, the World Health Organization is kind of in the category of the UN in which um, a lot of their thought processes and decisions um, that affect 
all of us in, in the world community are oftentimes driven by money and funding. Um, you know, I, we, we don't really need to get into um, all the, uh, the conflicts of interest the UN has had over the years, putting people like China and Iran um, on the human rights, uh, um, you know, board or whatever. Uh, uh, it, it's just, it just boggles the mind. Um, this article says the Chinese Communist Party is the third largest financial contributor to the World Health Organization. And, um, you know, before the, the current um, president of the World Health Organization was president, for several years, um, there was a, uh, a president, uh, what was her name? It is um, Margaret Chan, um, a Chinese national that really um, put forth policy that was uh, very um, interesting, I guess, to say the least, um, uh, stating things like North Korea's healthcare system was the envy of other developing countries. Um, these are things that are that are pretty amazing to uh, to be saying, but she said them, and the um, her successor, who is the current president, has. Um, just recently appointed Robert Mugabe. I don't know if you guys remember who he was. Uh, he's been in power for several decades as a goodwill ambassador. Um, in 2017, um, he was a, 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 just a brutal, uh, dictator in the country of Zimbabwe. Um, human rights violations, uh, just impoverished citizenry, um, uh, uh, talk about uh, poor health care, just no health care. Um, and uh, I, I think we can stop after the word dictator. But the fact that um, uh, the current president of the World Health Organization, um, you know, appointed him as an ambassador, an ambassador is really all you need to know about that organization. Um you know, lastly, a couple other things I highlighted from this article. Um, in January, uh, Tedros, who is the pe um, president of the World Health Organization, met with um, Beijing officials where the director general lavished praise upon um, uh, the Chinese dictator for his transparency in handling of the matter. And all you really need to know about that comment um is the following, and I'll read this. It says, um, yeah, Tedros said, we appreciate the seriousness with which China is taking this outbreak, especially the commitment from top leadership and the transparency they have demonstrated. Tedros said a month after Beijing had already lied to the world that the, that the coronavirus couldn't spread from human to human. And this is the really sad, sobering statistic that is irrefutable and allowed 7 million people, an untold number of them infected, to leave Wuhan and travel um, to everywhere. Uh, and the United States basically was, was one of those destinations um, until Donald Trump put the ban in place which he was largely criticized for, but thank God he did. Um, it says in February, Tedros lambasted the United States and other nations for taking the sensible step of banning travel 
from China. So he was one of the um, earliest on to say Donald Trump was uh, in error in banning, um, you know, uh, the Chinese from, uh, you know, coming to the United States or banning uh, trips to the United States. Um, And subsequently, we have learned that um, that was a good thing. Um, The United States contributes pretty much uh, a staggering $115 million to the World Health Organization um, and is with many of these entities, such as the UN. Um, This figure is way more than any other nation. Um, And uh, it, it really, you know, the, the author of this article contends after the coronavirus crisis wanes um, and hundreds of thousands of American lives are lost and millions are unemployed, it will be well worth asking why and whether it is still worth putting so much money into um, an organization that really doesn't have a lot to do with, you know, forwarding um, uh information on uh, health or good health practices or um, being at the forefront of anything regarding health. Um, if, if they are flacking, if you will, for the Chinese government and praising them when they should be cursing them, then I would scratch my head and wonder why we um, are giving them $115 million per year. Um, just a thought. So, Let me move on to something that is um, probably near and dear to many uh, in our audience who are faith-based voters, uh, people who do profess Jesus Christ as Lord, Christians, whatever you want to call them, evangelicals. Um, As you know, a few days ago, uh, Reverend Rodney Howard Brown, the uh, pastor of a Pentecostal megachurch in Florida, held two church services and they were each filled with several hundred parishioners. Um, And all the while lawyers from the sheriff's office and local government pleaded with him to reconsider putting his congregation in danger of contracting the coronavirus. Uh, The pastor ignored them proceeding with the services at the river at temple, uh, excuse me, Tampa Bay church and even provided bus transportation for members who needed a ride. Um, Monday of this week, Sheriff Chad Cronister of Hillsborough County said he had obtained an arrest warrant for Mr. Howard Brown for intentionally and repeatedly defying emergency orders mandating that people maintain social distance and stay at home. Um Mr. Cronister goes on to say uh, Mr. Howard Brown's reckless disregard for human life by putting hundreds of people in his congregation at risk and thousands of residents who may be interacting with them this week in danger um, is just unconscionable. Our goal here is not to stop anyone from worshiping, but the safety and well-being of our community must always come first. Now, this is another example of somebody uh, purporting to be on the side of God, on the side of right, truth, justice, the American way, First Amendment. You're not going to take away my uh, religious freedoms. You're not going to take away my right to assemble. 
all of which is is obfuscation in the highest order. This has absolutely nothing to do, as um, Sheriff Chronister said, in cracking down on um, anybody's right to uh, worship the God of whomever they choose in this country. This has everything to do with public health. And I know that there's a lot of power grabs out there and a lot of states um, that are really underwater as far as um, their budgets are concerned that are fast and furiously with palms on both sides of their hand reaching out to Washington to give them money for quote-unquote coronavirus relief when in reality a lot of that money as you and i both know are going to go to help them bail out and this and that and the other or for frivolous reasons at best um so you know i understand power grabs i've um kind of laid that out in the last few shows but this invoking of the first amendment uh, and and um I don't know where it is in the article here, but um, Mr. Brown, you know, uh, Reverend Brown, if you will, says um, that his his efforts were um, to fly in the face or take a stand against a tyrannical government is really just out of phase. It is. It is. Do do I believe our government is out of control and has um, some tyrannical? Um, tendencies I, I absolutely do but this is not one of them and this person um, I'm just trying to measure my words here and be really kind is just not doing our side whatever you want to call our side any favors by doing something so stupid so reckless and then invoking the Constitution um, in order to justify a, just a really dumb, reckless thing. So he was arrested, posted bail, and, um, you know, we go on. But uh, the editorial boards of the local newspapers down there have clamored um, for the governor to take bolder action. And this is the rub, you know, um, between the left and the right. Uh, many of the governors, I will give them credit, uh, that have taken some sweeping action as far as uh, self-containment and shutting this down and shutting that down. They have to happen to be categorically Democrat, and and some of their um, policies have worked. But I would question uh, whether their motives are one hundred percent altruistic and wanting to stop the virus. And not just a little bit, a very small percentage, but just a little bit in order to test the waters for f future power grabs. And um, so the rub is some of these states like Governor Ron DeSantis is a Republican. He's a he's a pro-liberty, pro-capitalist guy. He's been getting a lot of heat that he has subsequently, um, you know, uh, shut down many things like many other states have. But um these editorial boards and and talking heads and on various television shows had said he is far too slow in doing it and you know there may be some truth to that but that is um that is the rub between public safety and um burning this economy down to the ground and on last week's show we definitely stated how um 
you don't really have to burn it all down in order to uh, segregate people from one another. Um, young, able-bodied, low rate of infection type of individuals, and this is the key thing, doing smart things in the workforce um, could very well give this um, economy a shot in the arm. Telling them to stay home and twiddle their thumbs if they can't work from home, to me, seems a bit much. Segregating older people that are at risk or people that are an in-between category, if you will, in between young and old, that could certainly work from home or at least you know, self-contain themselves. I think that's a good idea. But to just have this blanket shut it all down without uh, a modicum of thought is something that is uh, not good. And that brings us to our last story, which uh, we have a few minutes here. But um, shortly after the show ended last week, Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky um, was a little wrangled about all the pork that was in the $2 trillion stimulus bill, as was I, as you should be as well. Um, so under the guise of, quote unquote, helping coronavirus victims, there was so much pork stuffed into this bill at your expense and my expense in a time where a record 6.6 million Americans filed for unemployment insurance this week, which is just a staggering figure. Um, we're funding all sorts of nonsense in this bill under the guise of coronavirus protection. And um, Representative Massey didn't like that, that um, that was happening with just a uh, oral yay or nay vote. So he insisted that congressmen fly back to Washington to take a roll call uh, vote. Uh, he was summarily... Um, chastised by Democrats and Republicans um, and Donald Trump. And I'm not going to comment on if it was the right thing or the wrong thing to do, but I think Representative Massey's defense was actually, you know, whether you thought it was a good idea or not, was very thought-provoking. And um, ironically, he had a very big bump in um, donations to his campaign over the last few days since this, but um, this was a re irrefutable comment. I heard him on um, Shannon Bream's show uh, last week say this, and I thought it was at the least thought provoking. He says, Congress expects Americans to go to work, bag groceries, deliver packages, and keep growing food when congressmen making $174,000 a year should be doing their jobs and showing up to vote on the biggest spending bill in the history of mankind. Thought-provoking. That's that's all I will say uh, on that one. I'm not saying, um, you know, loading up the congressman back on a plane and coming back to Washington was right or wrong, but his defense of it in this little snippet I'm I just read here is thought-provoking. And and uh, I will I will end the show with this. Um, these are hard enough times, and people that are taking advantage of these difficult times to stuff a bunch of pork in a bill that you and I have to pay for, when in reality, you and I would have trouble paying for it under normal times. But when 6.6 .6 million Americans are filing for uninsurance, unemployment insurance, it's really not the right time to be stuffing things 
in a uh, $2 trillion bill that have nothing to do with coronavirus. So that's it for today. This is Curve Llewellyn, Reshape America. Until then, um, just pray, 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 and uh, we will see you again next week.